and welcome to Women of Grace in the Marketplace. And today I've got a friend and partner in ministry, I call her Melanie Red. She is with us. And if there is a woman that does it all, Melanie is your girl. She knows exactly what she's doing all the time and is doing it. She's out there doing the work that we all talk about. So welcome, Melanie. Thank you for coming today. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here with y'all. So, Melanie, why don't you give us a little background to what you are doing <laughs> right now? Well, it depends on the year. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, now we're intrigued. Yes. yes. Well, I am uh, white. Randy is my husband for 31 years, and we have two young adult kids and uh, a three-year-old Australian Shepherd. And I tell people my biggest passion is to offer hope. And so I do a little speaking. I do a lot of writing. And I'm about to start podcasting. So that's kind of where I am in a nutshell. And that's not all. She is an entrepreneur. Her and her husband have started on this health journey. And they are now coaching people. For We have been. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. been a lot of fun. We've gotten to help over 50 people to lose weight and feel better. And so we've just done all kinds of things. It kind of depends on the doors that God opens. And so uh, that's where we are. And that's kind of our our, you know, story in brief. What was your first experience with writing and speaking? And how did you know that that was the right path for you? Well, it's kind of fun. I, I was, when I saw this question, I was thinking back, it actually started when I was a child. I used to organize the neighborhood kids and we literally had our own magazine and, <laughs> and we did it all by hand. We cut, cut and paste, but we sold it to our parents. And so we got up in the playroom and built a magazine. And that was kind of my first experience. But I, I was thinking about since then, I was teaching school and I got a call from Lifeway Christian Resources and they asked if I would do some contract work. And so that's really where I got started with my own business is I did a lot of projects for Lifeway. And that was kind of the beginning and the kids were young and so I was able to quit teaching and kind of start my own little thing back in those days. Wow, back in those days. How long were those back in those days? <laughs> How long ago was that when, when you started? I mean, because you had to have been fairly young. I was. It was in the 90s. And my children were little. And Lifeway would send these projects. And they'd say it was Sunday school curriculum. It was Bible studies. It was magazines. And they would say, we need this many words. And we need it by this amount of time. And so it was all done by mail. <laughs> this was before oh, we wow. even had yeah. And uh, I guess I wrote on a typewriter at the beginning. Maybe I had an older computer you know, one of the big computers that used to have to sit on the desk. Uh -huh. um, that's how I got started. And I did project after project. And once they figured out that I could get turned around um, on time, then they offered me more. And so, I, you know, for me, it was great because you could write anywhere. You could be in your pajamas and you didn't have to leave the house. And I, I think it was my first taste of being an entrepreneur as a sort of a work from home writer was where that got started. That's, that's a splendid way. So you, from that, you cultivated that gift that God led you through to, you know, build that up and, and tell us about that process. How did that go? Was that scary at all or? Well, it was kind of fun because I realized as much as I love teaching school, I didn't like the paperwork and uh, I taught in three different private schools. And so sometimes dealing with the parents was a lot too. And there was just a lot to do that was outside of just teaching the kids. And that's what I loved. Um, and so my passion was to encourage and offer hope and inspire. And I just began to pray God would open some doors. And so even in my 20s, 
people were calling and saying, will you come speak? Will you come give a devotional? And so that began to kind of pick up. Will you come to our, even different um, groups that weren't necessarily Christian groups would say, we need an inspirational speaker. Will you come give us some hope? And so God just began to open those doors. And then the writing began to take off. And I, they, I wrote for hundreds of magazine posts. I wrote articles for people. And it was really before blog posts. But once the blog world started up, um, I've written hundreds of blog posts. And now I've written nine books. And so it's been a fun journey. Um, in addition to that, I've used social media. You know, we didn't even know what social media was until eight or nine years ago. Exactly. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. You know, that's been a lot of fun, too, to learn how to do it. I, I went back to school a few years ago, and so I was in class. I was working on my master's, and everybody in class with me was in their 20s. So I learned how to do social media, and I learned how to use the computer because I was sitting around people that were half my age. <laughs> and uh, that also helped with our business and our ministry. And so... um in recent days, just in the past few months, I'm partnering with a ministry called Love Worth Finding. It's the ministry of Adrian Rogers, who was a pastor for years in Memphis, Tennessee. And for them, I'm going to, I've started a website, and we're about to begin some social media and sending out emails, and our podcast begins at the end of the month. So that's kind of my, my latest thing. But all this has been done just as um, an entrepreneur, as a contract worker. I don't go into an office, and I don't, I'm not specifically working for a company, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as you uh, were younger and raising your kids and, you know, even through their teen years, I mean, it's great. We're always like, oh, that's so awesome that you're able to be home with them. But it's also very challenging, right, to still balance all those things and, and take time at home <laughs> uh, to, to do all the things you were doing. So how did you how did you prioritize and uh, take on all those multiple roles, especially when your kids were at home? That's such a good question. And, and you know, people laugh and they're like, well, you get to sit at home and you don't have to go to work. And I'm like, I work. <laughs> and, and sometimes I work with more distractions between the dog and all the deliveries and people. There's all kinds of things going on. And so it's a whole different kind of discipline. But for me, a couple of things have helped. One of the things I do is I start every morning just recognizing I need God and I need his mercies. And I'm thankful Lamentations tells us they're new every morning. And so I count on that, that every day is a fresh start. And so if yesterday wasn't so um, purposeful or I didn't get as much done today, I can get more done. Um, I also wear a lot of hats. And one of the things that's helped me at this visual is I try to put one on at a time. You know, we can only wear one hat. And so I try to wear my, if I'm working, I try to put the work hat on. If I'm playing, I try to focus on what we're doing that's fun. When I'm with my family, I try to take the work hat off and put on the family hat. And, you know, I I just feel like even in ministry, when I'm ministering to someone, when I'm emailing someone, I try to focus completely on that task. And Mm. so that has helped me to just be where I am, to try to put my mind and my attention and my body all in the same place. And um, that's been super helpful. Mm. One, One of the other things that I found that's been really helpful and it was hard is I try to say no about 90% of the time so that I can say yes to what I really need to be doing. And that's that was hard at first. And so I actually came up with some form emails and form notes. So when somebody says, will you do this? Will you do this? And I get probably 10 to 15 asks a day. I mean, I have that many emails saying, will you review this? Will you share this? Will you do this? And so I just came up with a little email and it says, thank you. So it's really nice, but it's like, thank you so much for this opportunity. 
I'm just not able to do that right now, but I'm so grateful to be asked and I pray God will bless you. And I sign my name and, and I send it. <laughs> and it's been the most freeing thing I've ever done because there's so many things we're not supposed to do and we don't have time to do. And mm -hmm. so I've got a few that are my priorities and then the rest of them, I really try to just let go. So what do you do when you find yourself? I, I'm thinking back to just being intentional about with the hats. That's hard, you know, especially yeah, when yeah. you're at home or just trying, yeah. everything is vying for your attention. So what do you do when you feel yourself being pulled and maybe wearing the two or three hats? Like, okay, how do you center yourself again? Sometimes I just have to say no to my own family. I have to say, give me 30 minutes or I'm going to go back here and close the door and I'll be with you so that I go finish what I have to finish. And then I had to do it Sunday. My uh, adult daughter wanted my attention and I had to say, let me finish this project and then you'll have my attention. And she did. And she understood. And so I, some of it is just saying, I've got to take this time and do this thing that I have to do. I, I love this book um, by Mark Batterson. It's called win the day and he said i don't know where he got this it's probably not his he probably didn't make this up but he said you need to as you start the day you need to eat the frog and what he means is you need to do the thing you least want to do first mm. and he said if there's two if there's two frogs you have to eat eat the bigger one first <laughs> and so I, that just made sense to me so if there's something I'm, i look at my plan for the day and there's something i really know i have to do i try to do it first yeah, Especially I, the one I don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I can agree with you in past uh, work experiences. I'd have to, because I'm better in the morning, so I know that I'll be less dreadful of doing that task I don't like <laughs> uh, when I'm a little more brighter and happier <laughs> than in the afternoon when I'm tired and dragging. So, yeah, that definitely great advice. I'm going through that right now. It, it, what you're saying, Melanie, is, is like gold to me because I walked into my office and I just thought, who can work in here? This is like a ginormous mess, right? So uh, instead of tackling that hard thing, because this is where all the work happens, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to start over here and <laughs> get this organized. And now guess what? I got all that done. And now I'm back to my office again. And I'm thinking, oh, I got to do it. You know, I just have to, because you can't situate your mind into what is in front of you unless all these other details are correct, right? Yeah. It's like the whole... If my kitchen is clean, my house is clean business, you know, it's, <laughs> I totally can relate to what you're saying. I guess I need to learn how to eat the big green frog, whatever, whatever color it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, you know, it's kind of a gross analogy, but a lot of the projects we have to do are we, I'll give you a great example. Sunday afternoon, we, we, our pantry was so full. I don't know if anybody else has this happen. I am not naturally an organizer, so I just get organized. So I said, let's just, after church, let's just all get in there and we'll clean it out. And we found so much stuff that needed to be thrown out. So it was really easy to say, you didn't have to look right. at anything else. And so we cleaned it out. And I'm going to tell you, it just makes you feel better when you walk in there. You can find everything. Mm. It's more organized. And it does do something to you when your yeah. world feels a little more organized. So. Yeah, mm, for but sure. But nobody wanted to do it. It was a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I feel like even though we're three years out from the pandemic, we're still trying to get unstuck and figure things out because we got so thrown off. What advice would you give people who are feeling a little stuck right now? Sometimes you just have to do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, I've had to start back. Like it's like with diet and exercise, you just have to start again. And even mm -hmm. if you blew it, which so you start over and, mm -hmm. and it, you know, today's a new day. I, I think it's the same way with ministry and with business. For a lot of people, you just have to start. 
people say, what do you do? I'm like, you just write it down and do it and start yeah. somewhere. Do one sure. thing. You know, I heard somebody say, if you can't make yourself do anything else, make the bed. And that will get you in the habit of moving. And so that's my encouragement to people is do something, you know, clean out a closet, clean out a drawer, uh, vacuum, get some momentum, walk around the block, go to the grocery and buy some, some salad and start. <laughs> sometimes that's half the battle is to just take that first step and to start. And sometimes the rest will kind of fall into place once you do that. And that is so true because, you know, in the runner's world, they say the hardest thing for a runner to do is just to put your shoes on, you know, and step out that door. But once you're out there, you're running, you know. And so it's the same with exercise, same with eating. You know, clean up your cabinets, get rid of that stuff that was a temptation and just be done with it and decide that I what I want to do starts today, not tomorrow. Don't prolong it because then tomorrow comes and you think, oh, I'm not ready. But we just have to make ourselves be ready. Otherwise, we'll, we'll never start. And yeah. I found that with weight loss, too. Uh, and that's key that you brought that in, Melanie, because uh, one time uh, God told me to start a diet on a Friday. No, who does that? Nobody does. You know, but I thought, and certainly I wasn't used to doing that, but I thought, why would why would make Friday make any difference when, you know, two days later, I could start on Monday and it would be fine. I would be ready, quote unquote. Well, what God showed me was amazing because I did. I followed through and I said, okay, I'm going to start this on Friday. What do I need to know about this? And by the time Monday came, I was three days in, what, Saturday, Sunday. So actually three days in to eating clean the, the way I wanted to eat. And it was a motivating thing. It was like, I've got momentum now. I'm not going to give up on, I'm not going to blow it now. And so uh, it really did encourage me personally just to say, okay, this is just determine yourself to do it and do it. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's just do one thing. I, we yeah. had, we had, I had one client and she loved Coke, regular Coke. And I said, if you would just give that up and try it for one month, I think you could lose weight. She lost 16 pounds by giving up drinking Coca-Cola. And sure. I'm not I'm not against Coke, but that was just making her gain weight because in every glass or every bottle is about 180 calories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, if you would give that up, you would probably save about six, 700 calories a day. Yeah, uh, I tell people the same thing about writing. They say, I wanna write. I'm like, write for, for 45 minutes a day. Just mm-hmm. set aside 45 minutes and write something. You don't have to write for hours. You don't have to go to a retreat. <laughs> you just need to start typing, yeah. you know? And so, so much of the time we make it like it's got to be something huge when it might just be small. It may yeah. just be one thing that you could do for one week and it would change everything. Yeah. It would and, change and, everything. Yeah, and mm-hmm. people want kind of a magic formula too. Like what's the 12 steps it takes? And I'm not saying 12 steps is bad. It's a good thing. But again, just starting to write just do it just sit down and write (laughs) i've had people ask me that i'm like you know i wish i had a formula for you personally but why not just sit down and and do it and to add to that it builds into knowing when the right time is to do that Mm -hmm. you know when the kids are down for a nap or when uh your kitchen is clean all those things it builds into a habit that you can actually you know follow through on and you don't overwhelm yourself that way if you just start small and then it has a way of building to something bigger and bigger and bigger yeah 
Yeah, my husband and I lost last year over 80 pounds. He had some heart issues. Together we lost that. But um, one of the ways we started, we just started drinking more water. And it mm -hmm. wasn't rocket science. We just drank about 64 ounces a day. And it was amazing how that just started the process. Yeah. And so, you know, you got to start somewhere. So take a yep. step. Um, it's so easy to wallow in yesterday. And I think a lot of people have been stuck for about two years with all the crazy in our world. Yeah. But I tell them, you know, you're still breathing. Adrian Rogers has a quote that says, if you woke up today, God still has a plan for your life. And I think for a lot of people, it's time to start. It's time to let go of what's behind and press forward to what's ahead. I, I know I would, maybe because I know I was stuck and now I'm trying to slowly get into some healthier habits again. I was very mm -hmm. disciplined up until 2020 and then, and then got stuck and, and got thrown off course. So, which I think a lot of people are feeling off course today, yeah. you know, that is just the, that's just the nature of the beast, you know, and the years that we've been through, you know, we survived them. You know, we can say that we're all here. We're all, you know, to here to talk about all the things that we lost and all the things that we gained. And I think that we should, you know, we just have to be faithful, you know, Galatians 6 9 says be faithful in the work and don't give up because it will produce a harvest it may not be for your eyes to see it may be for you but still be faithful to how God is leading us day to day to day to day absolutely yeah. and you know it's it I tell my kids and I've had this conversation they're in their 20s and they're like is this going to last forever <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> it's a season and it's a lap it's a lap around the track in, um, in Hebrews 12, Paul talks about that we're in a race, and it's a race that you run with endurance, which means it's not a sprint. <laughs> it's a marathon. But I do think sometimes we get on these laps, and we start slowing down, and sometimes we stop. And so mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, this is just a lap. And I don't, I don't know that life will ever feel as normal, but we can find a new normal, and we can find a new way to deal mm -hmm. with life, and we don't have to quit living. Just because yeah. life is weird, we don't have to stop <laughs> exactly. living. And for some people, it's just time to live again in, in yeah. spite of what's going on. Yeah, so true. So true. Yeah, it's time to live again. I love that. You know, it's, it reminds me of what, um, of, you know, George in a, It's a Wonderful Life. And it took him a point of realizing, God, I want to live again before he was able to actually do that, you know, and then. Of course, the grand ending where, you know, George is the richest man in town. It's one of my favorite movies. But and, and I need to watch it more often because it is really a true encouragement to doing the hard work in the day to day, in the mundane. It is pressing through and writing that blog post or praying with that friend or answering that email. It is all relates to, you know, who God has created you to be and the things that he set before you to do. Right. Yeah, I tell people during, during the last two years, I lost 30 pounds and wrote seven books. What have you done? <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think we have to quit doing and accomplishing and succeeding and thriving just because the rules have changed. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this is a little extra. We didn't even plan on talking about this, but I would just say if people are listening and they've lost heart, it's time to get up and get going again. It's yeah. not over. It's not over. Yeah, That's my encouragement to you. It's not over yet. Melanie Red has just been inspiring us in every segment. Can I just say that? Yes. Now, last I was in touch with you, Melanie, you were writing a devotional book for teenage girls, and that had just come out. And what a wonderful uh, addition that was to the 
the book world, but now you've written another one since then. What? <laughs> Tell us about that. Well, it's really fun. The, the teenage girl book was, I guess, three years ago. The, this company in California was watching my Instagram, which is both a little scary and kind of cool at the same time. But they had started seeing, I wrote these little devotionals that were about 200, 300 words on my Instagram account. And they liked them and said, will you write a devotional for teen girls? And my girl is not a teen anymore, but I was talking to a lot of parents. And so that's kind of where that started as I was talking to their moms and their grandmoms. And so um, I kind of heard from them what the girls needed. And we published that book and it sold, it's, it has to this day sold over a hundred thousand copies. I mean, the book, wow, it was just the right book for the right time. It's just a little devotional book, but another publisher who's not far from me, uh, down in Nesbitt, Mississippi, called Endgame Press, reached out to me and said, I like the book you did for the teens. Will you do one for college and single girls? And so I have a new devotional coming out in April. It's 90 days, and it's called Just Rest. And mm. what we were finding is so many college and single girls are dealing with anxiety and depression and fear. And so as I began to study and started looking at verses, I was like, I'm not going to just say, do not fear every day. So I was like, Lord, I need a a great way to encourage these girls. And so over the course of the summer, when, when I was putting this together, God gave me the idea, push them back to me. And so every devotion is about a trait or a name of God, most from the Old Testament. So things like he is near, he sees, he hears, he adores you, he will take care of you. You matter to him. So every devotion, it's not its not what I would call a, a theological book on God's names or character. It's a real practical devotional about you're struggling with this. God has an answer. You're dealing with this. God's name applies right here. And so mm-hmm. I'm really excited about it. it. It will actually be coming out in April. But um, the girls that I've sent it to, I'm excited about their feedback. And I feel like it's going to touch on another real place where girls are hurting. Yeah. So, and when I, when I was researching, I found that I don't know the percentages, but the number of girls that are having to take medication for their anxiety and depression is astronomical. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just a lot of hurt and they, you know, they've lived in a different day than we grew up in. Uh, but I am, I, I'm praying that just these simple devotionals, it's got a devotional, uh, it, it's got a scripture, it's got that's something that um, some of my charismatic friends taught me. It's got a declaration where they actually say out loud, I know that God is with me. And I know that this what, you know, and it just, they are able to declare out loud something every day. And then it's got some questions to get them interacting in a time of prayer. And so in a five to 10 minute span every day, my hope is for three months, they'll focus back toward heaven and realize there's a God. He cares about me. He's bigger than whatever it is that's scaring me to death or upsetting me today. Well, I'm going to put that on my reading list myself. I need that. (laughs) Girls that are a little older will read it, too. So it's it's geared toward the young women, but we're all young women at heart, right? (laughs) Oh, goodness. Absolutely. I love that you brought God into that. In all of your books, you direct them towards the cross. And that's exactly what we as Christian writers do is we direct people back to the cross. But it is, it's a process, you know, to, to, to redirect your thoughts and put them there first and then, you know, lead other people to do that too. So 
uh, it definitely we can see how your faith mixes into everyday conversations because that's what that's who we are but have you ever been in a situation where you've had to struggle with it, being open about your faith melanie Oh, oh, sure, because sometimes you're dealing with people who either don't understand or they don't like what you stand for. And so I think about um, some different neighbors that we've had. I had, we lived next door uh, for quite a while to a neighbor that was originally from Kuwait. And so her whole journey of religion and faith was different from mine, but she asked me to walk with her. <laughs> and so one of the ways that I was able to share with her, we walked. It was really funny looking at times to see the two of us. I was in shorts and a t-shirt and she was covered except for her face and hands. And we walked through the neighborhood together. But what I, what I did with her is I said, I'm going to just ask her about her faith and learn about her faith and hope that in turn she asked me about mine. And so she shared with me all about her journey with faith. And then she asked what I was waiting for. Tell me about your faith. What do you believe? And I will tell you the most amazing moment we had. We, we walked together for quite a while. It was an interesting adventure. And this was pre 9-11. It was right before 9-11. So I can put it the time in context. But she was a devout Muslim. And she said to me, I want to know what you believe. And when I used the word grace, she had never heard that word. And she did not understand grace. And so I got to share that we serve a, a God who is full of grace and explain to her that we didn't have to work our way to heaven. And we, we had a fascinating conversation. So I guess the long answer to that is I tried to ask people about their faith so that in turn, maybe I can share about mine and keep it very relational and very open and very easy so that it's not preachy. And it doesn't sound like I'm I'm coming down on them, but instead I'm trying to understand where they're coming from and then maybe have the chance to just share the hope that we have in Jesus. Nice. Wow. Nice. That's so beautiful. It just evolves, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, Melanie, through your ministry, uh, what other ways uh, do you encourage, equip, and train and motivate women in general? Well, Life I'll, and in faith. <laughs> <laughs> Well, a lot of it's done online, and yeah. I guess it's more so in the last couple of years, but I do Zoom calls. I do. I am on social media every day, and I, I sit, put up stories and posts and reels and videos and everything. I'm on all the social media except Snapchat. I do not understand that one, <laughs> and so I'm not on that one. Um, but I also have a chance in, in person to meet with women for coffee, to meet over Zoom, to mentor women. I have groups of women that I meet with, and we pray for each other. My husband is um, a music minister in a church, and so we have a ministry at our church. And so just everywhere God opens the door. I, I love the way Henry Blackaby, who wrote Experiencing God, shared. He said, I get up every day and say, Lord, what are we doing today? And so that's really how I've tried to live is every day is an opportunity, and every interaction is an opportunity, and every person we come across, we have the chance to share hope, even if it's just a smile. I like, we're not wearing masks right now. And so I love actually smiling at people. I probably look crazy, but I, I like it. I like that we can smile at people again. And I feel like that's, that's a touch of love right there. So, yeah. So how would you encourage someone that's just starting out? They have this big dream of writing or podcasting or doing whatever, you know, music ministry, that kind of thing. How would you encourage someone? Well, this is pretty simple. I would just say, go for it. <laughs> um, put your sign out, turn your light on, 
you just have to do it. The hardest part, I had a friend that started her, she started a boutique last year. And the hardest part was actually putting herself out there and saying, I'm starting a boutique. So I think that's the hardest part. And we have to also realize nobody has it all figured out. I feel like I learn something new every day. Y'all probably do too. I feel like every day I'm like, oh, I didn't know how to do that. Now I do. And mm-hmm. so there, you don't mm-hmm. wait till you figure it all out or you have all the ducks in a row. You've just got to get those ducks and start. <laughs> and so yeah. um, I would tell, I would just say this, especially those listening, you're needed. Your story matters. You have a story no one else has told from your particular angle. Your product or your service may change someone's life. And so just do it. Just start. It's kind of like I've been doing with exercise again. I got off for about a week and I've just had to go back to it. Get back on the bike, get back out and walk, get back out there and do it. So that's what I tell people is just start. Just brave it, put something out there, put a post on social media and go for it. You got to start somewhere. For sure. You got to start somewhere. Uh, Speaking of starting, you and your husband started a health ministry, health coaching uh, for people. So how did God lead you to that what was that green light or that aha moment that led you to do that on top of everything else uh well that's that's an easy answer my husband had heart issues and had three stents put in and his doctor looked at me while he was still kind of groggy i actually got to be in the recovery room and he said if he doesn't lose weight i'm going to be cracking him open and so we decided to go on a journey to change our lives and we started changing how we eat how we drink, how much water we take in, how we move every day. And we just decided we were going to eat to live, not live to eat. <laughs> we are we are Southern Baptists, which means we are in the South and we like to eat. <laughs> so we believe in lots of food. And so what we've had to do is not try to turn and not make everything about food and realize there's so much more to life and food is just gets us to the life. It's not the life. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of been our journey is we've had to look at everything completely different and decide that we want to grow old and be healthy into our later years, not hurting in the doctor's office all the time on a ton of medicine. And so that's kind of been where we, what started us. We just had to make a change. Mm. So good. So good. I love that you involved God in the, in the beginning part of this process, you know, because really we're all, you know, products of grace and, uh, and I, I wrote a book called Grace for Your Way. So I know those those pitfalls that you can fall into, especially with food. But then it just kind of transfers over to the rest of your life, you know, to say, well, God will give you grace for that. He'll give you grace to make that first step out the door. You know, he'll give you grace to walk 10 minutes, you know. And uh, it just is holding the hand of God to say, I want to be better. I help me to be a better person and then going with him through that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what's amazing is as we got more discipline with what we put in our mouths or didn't put in our mouths, we got more discipline in other areas too. Exactly. it's It's like you have victory over the dessert plate, then you have victory over something else in your life. And so it's been very freeing and it's been encouraging and we just feel better. When we walk, our joints don't hurt. Our knees don't hurt. We can move more. It's not that we're trying to be bodybuilders. We're just trying to be healthy. We just want to feel good and not, I don't want to be spending all my time going back and forth to doctors and picking up prescriptions at the drugstore. I want to live. And so some, a lot of this was more about just feeling better than Mm -hmm. anything else. And so we've had great success. Randy's lost, he lost 50 pounds. 
His doctor even wrote him a letter congratulating him on how well he was doing. Because wow. He's done so well. And he's continued to do well, and I've continued to do well. And so we're really pleased with his numbers are better, his heart is better, and we're not worried about surgery at this point. All that we've done over the last year and a half has changed the future for us. Nice. Wow. That's so good. Well, do you have a go-to verse that you you and Randy fall back on, you know, as far as doing this new thing? Now you're in the habit. You don't think about doing the old thing anymore. What, what verse has gotten you through that? Well, one of my favorite verses is Psalm 118.8, and it says this, The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I Often, I'll, I will walk into a room or walk into a situation, and I'll think this thought, God is for me. Who can stand against me? He is with me. He is for me. And I would say that to y'all. He is with you, and he is for you. And I think we forget that sometimes, that he is on our side. Yeah. And so that encourages me. I just that That thought will come back to me. The Lord is for me. And I just love that. Mm, that's sweet. So sweet. I was like, every segment has been a, just a, like a, a hope <laughs> pill. It really has just been such yes. a great uh, uh, inspiration and motivation. Just to get out there and do something and follow God in what he's leading you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I, you know, you know as, as I was praying about what to share, I was thinking about it. We like to hike. And um, there's a place in, in East Tennessee called Gatlinburg, and it's beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains. And we like this particular park called, called Greenbrier. And at Greenbrier, there's this wonderful hike. It's four miles up to the falls. You've got to plan the day. But it's called Ramsey Cascades. And I want to tell you, it goes around and about, and it's steep, and sometimes it's wet or snowy. But we found that the hike is worth it to get to the falls and to, mm-hmm. get, to get to just enjoy the views. But I think a lot of us quit. A lot of people, the lower part of the path is kind of flat. And you see a lot of people walking that. But then when it gets steep, people start dropping off and turning around and coming back. Mm. And so I think for us, sometimes we just have to remember the path may get steep and it may get wet. It may get snowy. It may get hard. But it's worth it to get to the top and it's worth it to take the journey. And Janelle, why don't you go first? Do you have any takeaways? I know it's probably a silly question, but do you have takeaways from the show? I have many takeaways from the show, (laughs) as I always do. Yes. But uh, one of the things that jumped off the microphone for me was don't get stuck in your past. Just Mm -hmm. keep moving forward. And uh, Melanie said that beautifully in so many areas of her life. She is moving forward. So, and I love that attitude, that go get it attitude. Let's just go for it. Let's just do it. And your story matters. Um, you're needed in the world. That was another affirmation. Thank you, Melanie, for bringing that to the forefront. And that the path will get hard. Count on it. You can bet that that path will get hard. But when it does, God is for you. He is helping you. He is if, if nothing else, picking up one leg and putting it in front of the other, God is with you. Mm, yeah. Uh, I think mine are very much the same as yours, Janelle. Uh, though yeah. I, know, I know I talked about it in the segment. We were about being stuck. And I know I'm not alone that so many have just kind of, like, feels like it's still two years ago. And, like, where'd all this time pass? You know, it's like the years that never happened. But it's okay if you're stuck that you can still start again tomorrow and you know that god's mercies are new you can still start again if you ate too much over the christmas holiday you can start again today's a new day 
And that's important to remember because often that first step or getting back into something is so hard uh, to do on our own power. And, and I appreciate that encouragement and that, uh, that we can do it. We can do it with God's help, with his grace. And if you're feeling stuck, it's okay. You can start again tomorrow. So Melanie, how can people get a hold of you if they want to know all about what there is with Melanie Red and her husband? Tell us more. Absolutely. Well, you can find me. I have a website under my name, and I'm, I'm guessing it'll be in the show notes. It's hard to spell, but it's MelanieRed.com. I also am on social media, and I love to connect with people. And you can find me on all the major channels just under my name. And so look for me if you'll send me a note or a message and tell me you heard me on this podcast. We'll connect and become friends on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you are. And um, I would love to meet those that are listening. And so it's a joy to connect on social media. It's a great, big, huge internet out there. And so I would love to connect with everybody that's listening. That's awesome. And and our our podcast, Women of Grace in the Marketplace, that you're listening to is found on Spotify, on Google. We're on wovenbooks.com, which is Danelle's and my uh, website. And so many ways, you can find us on Facebook too. So there's many ways you can hear the podcast and then connect back to Melanie. So we'd be happy to do that. that does it for another show today melanie again was a joy and a privilege to have you on and and an Mm. encouragement for each of us here on the show as well as those listening we wish you well tell everyone what the new book is so they can be looking for that it's called just rest it'll be available on amazon Uh, all my books are on there and you can find them under melanie red and i just want to once again encourage all those that are listening that god has a beautiful plan for your life and that you're not finished yet and so mm-hmm. keep going, keep hoping. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Melanie. Thank you, Janelle, for uh, both of your times. And again, you can listen each Sunday here on Talk Erie. As I mentioned, listen to our podcast on Spotify, Google, as well as find us on Facebook, Women of Grace in the Marketplace. And we love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, you can email us at womenofgraceinthemarketplace at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time. Oh, 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 oh,